Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Daikaiju Conversation. I am your host, Elijah, and joining me, very honored to have Henry, the host from It Came From a Monster Movie podcast. How are you doing today, Henry? I'm doing great, and it's actually funny. I love that you have prepped yourself to get ready for to prevent my infamous kaiju rant, but this technically would count as a kaiju film, but we could talk about that later on in the podcast. I just wanted to humor the idea for a bit, but it's great to be here, Elijah. I'm very excited. It's awesome to have you on, especially for our first official episode back, and I think this is probably one of the best choices I could pick for a giant monster-esque movie, especially from the name of your podcast. Yeah, and also, like, I'm half British, despite my outrageous accent. I have uh, two passports, so... Awesome! That's awesome. I'm not from this area of England, though. My family is from Yorkshire, where good England is and good food is. (laughs) Right. Uh, great, great time. <laughs> also, some very spooky stuff. It's where Dracula was killed. So Really? Yeah, I've been to Dracula's gravestone a lot. It's very funny because it's totally just put in there for the giggles of it. But right. it's fun. Whitby England's really cool if you want to look at something occult. <laughs> huh, I'm going to have to check into that. So speaking of um, where you come from, why don't you give us a rundown of who is Henry the host? Yes, this persona that I've created in two years. So, hello, everybody. I'm Henry, the host. I host the podcast It Came From a Monster Movie, uh, which is a show where I sit down with friends, family, scientists, content creators, science... I said scientists twice, but whatever. Just, I sit down with almost anyone and everybody to watch and discuss monster movies of all types and sizes. Um, and then I give them letter grades because I used to be a teacher. So it's been super fun. We've been on the air for uh, nearly two years now. Uh, in fact, at the time of this recording, I only have one more episode to record before we are finished with season two. And then I'll begin working on season three of the show as well as working on bringing to life my original giant monster audio drama, Apex, which will hopefully be either having the pilot created sooner than later and then a Kickstarter to follow along with that project so I can use my contacts and actually pay people to do a solid and bring (laughs) to the world a original giant monster audio drama that features tributes but a lot of original content that i don't think the average monster viewer has seen and you can check out the uh information of apex and the pilot script on our patreon at any level so just that shameless plug to get off the bat but yeah been (laughs) on every continent but antarctica uh paleontologist uh I worked at a primate sanctuary. I've I've worn many hats. I've been a teacher, an actor, a director. You know, if you think I might have done it, there's a good chance that I have done it. <laughs> That's awesome. Killed a person. I haven't killed a person yet. <laughs> yet? <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. We'll see what happens. Uh, they're going to use this in the, the trial, I bet. Oh, yeah, episode. they will. No, when I finally freaking snap, because... Curse of the Demon almost made me snap. Spoilers, guys. That's what we're doing today. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, from everything I've heard and from what little, honestly, I, I'm kind of sad that we haven't interacted a lot. It's really awesome we're doing this. 
Um, yeah, no, it's exciting, Elijah. I, I apologize. I'm usually awful at communicating with people. In oh, you're the fine. Mostly because the community is on fire. Right. <laughs> um, but and I'm I'm the same way. I have issues talking and communicating with people. Um, but hopefully this will be the beginning of a pretty good um friendship and communication line. Yeah. No one you don't have to twist my arm to talk monsters. <laughs> same here, same here. <laughs> so like you said, we are discussing the film Curse of the Demon also known as Night of the Demon. Uh, this is in uh, honor of it being October. It's spooky season. And all except for the first week's episode, which was last week um, at the time of this podcast's release, um, every week this month we will be doing horror-esque episodes, discussing more films on the horror side, um, because I personally think Halloween is the best holiday that there is even though i don't really celebrate it i have a lot of fun with it i always watch um i always watch the movie the fog on halloween because that's when i saw it originally yeah that's a good movie that that uh that is a good film for uh halloween i that movie terrifies me Many <laughs> I, I, I love that film it is that is one of the films i would consider on the top like my pretentious list of films that's that's on that list. Yeah, I, I no. That that film, I the first time I saw it was actually like three years ago. I only saw it because when I was living in California for a time as a teacher, one, I was not told that in June, California is really cold. Two, I knew the fog was a thing. Elijah, the fog is like a thing. Like, it is so much fog. So much <laughs> I was so angry about the fog. I was so over the fog. So I decided to watch the fog. And then I have paid my respects to the fog. So it's what it is. That's all. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, that's that's such a great film. Uh, unfortunately, we're not here to talk about that film. But I, I got to oh, get You on picked that. a real winner, bud. You picked a real winner <laughs> for me to be on this show. I, I hope I did. <laughs> so... Yeah, we're today we'll be reviewing and discussing the 1957 British horror film Night of the Demon, or the version that we watched, Curse of the Demon. Um, I'll explain what the difference about titles is later. Basically, the summary of the film, and Henry, if I mess something up here, please don't be afraid to interrupt me. No, no, no. Condemn no, me. I will never condemn. I will just alter. All righty. <laughs> Basically, this film is about a... A scientist that travels to Britain to meet with a co-worker, a co-scientist friend worker of his. Um, and while he's traveling, his friend is killed under some interesting circumstances. When he arrives, he's you know he starts doing some research. He meets up with the niece of uh, his friend, um, and they kind of start on this journey of trying to understand what's going on here. Um, there's a... Isn't he a doctor? If I remember correctly. Are you talking about Caswell? Yes, yes. Caswell is um cult leader, clown, mm -hmm. wielder of both the white and the dark magics, uh, is 
He's there. We'll talk about him. But yeah, <laughs> he uh, he's challenging our main dude, who I didn't write down his main character title because... Uh, but uh, he's challenging this guy because he's trying to disprove paranormal phenomenon in the world of psychiatrics. And, um, you know, maybe there is a world of paranormal psychology that isn't or shouldn't be debunked. Yeah, this was a film, Elijah. This was a movie <laughs> that I watched. Uh, <laughs> it was a good time watching this film. Right. I have notes. <laughs> uh, so I think that's a basic... Because I don't want to spoil the film. Um, at least not until we get into the discussion. Yeah, I was about to be like, we're, we're guys, we're going to spoil the hell out of this film. Hey! Right. Demons. <laughs> um, so I, I do recommend, if you haven't watched it, um, definitely check it out. It's available on Daily Motion for free. Um, it's on YouTube. You just got to rent it, Amazon. But uh, I, I think definitely this is a film you should watch. Um before watching or before listening to this but if not perfectly fine we're going to probably dive into it pretty hard and heavy during the recording um so henry why don't we start off with your history and thoughts of the film well my history of the film is mostly just the iconic creature the fire demon uh that is used uh in this film like when you asked can you watch this film and i looked it up I was like, oh, I've been meaning to watch this movie forever because I want to see the face of the creature that is, like, all over the place. Because creature is a very appealing aspect to this film. Uh, personally, though, this is a film... I'm happy I've watched it. I'm curious to watch... We watched the American cut, Curse of the Demon. I'm curious what Night of the Demon's cut like um because i had a lot of issues with it um first and foremost uh i just you know at the beginning of the movie is a very 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 dramatic interpretation of stonehenge um i tried to find out how they got the permits to film at stonehenge um because you can't even walk on it now um you can only look at it from afar. Yeah, it's all fenced off and everything. You can't actually walk through Stonehenge like that in this day and age. Um, and Lufford Hall is filmed. It has been filmed. The settings for a lot of films, uh, off the top of my head, a lot of British popular shows like EastEnders and um, Oh My Nan is so mad at me that I don't know the other one. <laughs> don't know. I, it's a street. Coronation Street. There we go. But like this, this building, the Lufford Hall has actually been used in a, a variety of films. I think some of the James Bonds were filmed there. Um, it looked very familiar to me because I originally thought it was the house in the modern remake of The Wolfman. That is a different British estate in like the town over. So not the same, even though they look the same. Um, but yeah, this movie exists. Um, I think it there was a lot of uh there was issues with the production am i correct on that elijah yes um it wasn't so much like budget but there was a lot of fighting with the writers and director on um, with the production and how they should actually do the film um i know the biggest thing in this uh if i remember right the director actually it was either the director or the writer said 
that if the other ever walked on his property, he would shoot him dead because of this decision. Yeah. Um, if I remember right, it was the fact of including the demon or creature, whichever you want to call it, in the film, because it wasn't originally supposed to be in the movie whatsoever. Yeah. Um, that aspect shows, uh, mm -hmm. in my opinion, the fact that this film is fighting itself be either a creature feature or a, a psychological thriller. What did not help was the music cues, because I feel like anything traumatic just had an awful, awful, terribly done music cue, and it drove me nuts. Most of my notes are just like, I don't need to know, like, I get it, things have turned, but we do not need this cue every time. Uh, that I will say something I really liked about the movie was whenever, especially in the beginning, which, by the way, Elijah, uh, very strong power play of making me watch a movie where the first character who dies is named Henry. Oh, so, is uh, that? Oh, my God. Good job on that. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, you know, and my only comment to that was Penn and Teller did not age well um, <laughs> that, for the beginning of the film. But, um... I really did like when Henry is heading back to his place and he's freaking out because he's like, Coswell, I don't want to die from this thing you've put, you know, the very ominous curse. We don't know what's happening or not. Um, something I really liked was they did play with the lighting very well in this movie, especially mm -hmm. in the beginning where like when Henry pulls into his own home, the whole house is very dark and dramatic and dread. Um, but when he feels like he's safe, the lighting actually is much brighter um, and it is what I will definitely say this movie is one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is why black and white films are so great because they were able to do such tonal shifts in the lighting uh, to set, set the mood, which I really, really liked. Right. But so, yeah, but then of course, Henry gets so spooked by the demon that he casually runs into the wires himself uh, to hit a telephone pole that's been behind his driveway all his life. So I don't know why he would have uh, not realized it was there. Also, right. the airplane scene was not necessary at all. Are you mm. surprised when it turned out that his face on the newspaper was under the newspaper? Wow. What a, <laughs> what a surprise. I, that airplane scene was so not needed. That whole thing could have been cut. Like, it could have just been like right. him landing in the airport and been like, I'm a parent, like, I'm here to disprove paranormal psychology, which I thought was actually really neat for 1958. Um, because I also, but I felt like they missed the big opportunity to talk about like zombieism because you know that is a real thing, correct? Um, I've heard it, but I, I'm not too well knowledgeable about it. If you want to, yeah, please. well, like in voodoo practices and stuff in some West African cultures, uh, shamans are. Like the concept of a zombie is actually from voodoo and African mythology because mm -hmm. pretty much shamans were, had the ability to pretty much like pump people's brains so up with a variety of like herbal medicine, quote unquote medicines, that they would become like nullified zombies, more or less. It's, it's more or less where the concept came from. But I actually, th and like it was interesting because he was like talking like, all oh, this stuff's been discredited since the Middle Ages. And I'm like, this stuff continued way past the Middle Ages. Now we had the Salem Witch Trials. You know, there are a lot mm -hmm. of things that don't discredit this kind of psychology. I thought it was really cool. Um, but uh, 
I definitely will say this film has so much potential and it's just such a shame because you can really see the the battle of creative differences uh, mm-hmm. in this film. Um, but I will also say very accurate on how cults work. Because hmm. uh, uh, the way Coswell meets the main character in the library and is like, oh, I've got some magics to tell you look at this card that's all has things written on it but not anymore made me laugh because it reminded me of when i was in thailand and when you're uh waiting for your passport to like your visa get renewed sometimes these like white guys dressed up in white i'm sitting next to you and they're like talking to you like oh man getting your visa right and it's like yeah and they're like why are you here and just like da 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 I'm like, oh, well, you know, if you get your visa renewed, like, we have a compound. It's just like, <laughs> stop there. You gotta stop there. And then, like, also, like, we were coming back from our visa run, and one of my friends found in his bag, like, the card for the compound, just in case. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is this is how cults work. It is literally, you, they come up to you when you are doing something, and they're like, hey, here's my card. I'm going to say something ominous and you're not going to be able to humanly resist that ominous tone. Want answers? I've got answers. That's how it works. That's how it always works. (laughs) You're looking for answers. Also, by the way, really upset because I, Elijah, one thing that I really, really enjoyed about you recommending me this film, and if I'm talking too much, please tell me to stop. You're fine. You're fine. This film made me look up because this is what happens when you are raised by both an American and British parent. Oswell tells main character doctor that, oh, this is a British game, Snakes and Ladders. You're not familiar with it. I looked up the history of Snakes and Ladders because I sat there being like, how would he not right. know what Snakes and Ladders in England it's Snakes and Ladders, but it's not even a British game. It came from India. It's an Indian game, which I'm just like, haha, like the colonialism of my ancestors strikes again. But, um, A, imperialism. But it's just one of those things where I'm just like, I cannot believe it. I'm looking up Snakes and Ladders because of this line. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, that line, that line actually upset me much more than anything else in this film because I was like, <laughs> Oh, he would know. He would know what Snakes and Ladders is. At this time, it is a well-known international game. Right. What's also, funny, children do not make the noises in that movie. That whole, I, I that whole that. clown scene, that whole clown scene of white and dark magics is just all sorts of things. <laughs> uh, it's funny you mention the Snakes and Ladders uh, thing, because I thought the exact same thing. I thought he obviously would have known this game like in america it's like when i saw it i'm like oh that's shoots and ladders like that's everybody knows shoots and ladders um so it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because that was probably my least favorite uh, part of the film was that snakes and ladders part yeah no it's i will say that like this film part of me does say like this is a film if you are into like old school horror, old school mm-hmm. creature features. This is a film to watch, even though, um, like, like a lot of I'm looking over my notes and it's just like all these, like, one note, one note, one, like, I hate the music, I'm tired of this dun 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 music is awful. 
Um, but also, what I found really interesting was there was a line when all the doctors, like the Irish doctor, the Indian doctor, um, none of them, like the Irish guy was Irish, but the Indian guy was just, you know, a dude, a white dude. Because like the way he portrayed himself, I'm like, and this is just... This is not anything. This is not anything that's aging well. But mm -hmm. uh, there was a line they said that I really, really liked because, uh, and I wrote down, I actually did write the main character's name, Holden. Holden kept making that appearance to the other doctors like, oh, this stuff isn't real. We shouldn't believe in it. Um, and I've there was one really good line in that opening interaction where it was, um, if it's shown... Holden says, I'll look twice. And I really thought that was a very great scientific back and forth because, you know, he's the Irish guy is like, if a demon showed up, what would you do? Well, I'd have to look at it twice. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's actually proper scientific writing. And I was really down for that. Um, I did like the almost like Lord of the Flies esque tune of whenever the demon was about. Um, the effects mm -hmm. for the creature were just like it was one of those things because I would rather the creature not be in this film, but I also love how this creature's effects worked. In this. Yes, so super well done. Now, did you know that Ray Harryhausen was actually supposed to do the creature effects for this film? Not surprised. I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure he turned it down though. Obviously, since he do it. Yeah. Because at this time it was fifty-seven, so he had, um, he was working on twenty million miles to Earth. Um, Great film. Uh, let's see, Jason and the Argonauts was in the sixties. What was the? I'm trying to think what the other one. Well, oh, wasn't it the Sinbad? Wasn't it the Sinbad? Yeah, the film? Sinbad. The films would be happening right now, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, Mysterious Island. That was in fifty-nine or sixty. So. He he was kind of occupied with everything else. He didn't have time to do this one. Yeah, uh, no, it was like I was really impressed with it. Um, my question for you, Elijah, was how how did you feel about the characters? So, um, so okay, so and I'm really happy you dislike this film because I personally think this is on my like top 100 films of all time. Um, so I love this film. Um, I, I but I can definitely see like it, it falls under those tropes of oh, these are kind of you know stereotyped people, kind of boring music, over dramatic. Um, well, the music's not boring, it's just really unnecessary because some of the cues I'm just like, was that that was just that's not a thing, like that's not something to be concerned about. The weird melody music is something to be concerned about, but not like, True. you know, would you like tea with your ghosts? Bum, bum, bum. And it's like, what are you doing? Just right, right. Kill. It, it, like, we just had that music cue like three seconds ago. We do not need it again. It added a little campiness, I think, to it with the constant, you know. Well, you know, it's like I been saying and it's interesting i was like i was sweating bullets though i was like man i really hope this like elijah does not get upset that i was not the biggest fan of this film oh no <laughs> okay do you want to know who actually put this on his list for like best films of all time is it ebert 
Always Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. He he put this on like uh, it was like it, it was in his top hundred horror films that he loved. Curious where in his top hundred. I mean, I am too. I don't because when I read it, I couldn't remember. I, I don't think it said anywhere, but I know like um, on Rotten Tomatoes, this has a hundred percent. Yeah, which I don't understand because like, sorry. I'm I'm really sorry. This is the curse if it came from a monster movie. I, I'm sure pe- people in the community have told you Henry doesn't hold his punches. <laughs> the acting direction in this film was driving me mad. Like the funeral scene, I was like, literally, they must have gone up to these people and like, have you never been to a funeral? That's how you should act like. <laughs> then there was also like lines where he's like, only at my when he meets the niece for the first proper time. Um, after their wonderful interaction on the airplane, which was just absolutely memorable, that it should just been cut the whole time. But he goes like, "Call me at my hotel," and I'm just sitting here like, "Which one? You're in London. There are hundreds of hotels that you could be at. You like, I sit here being like, I get it. Like it's a movie. I'm just like that kind of writing drives me nuts because I'm just like, you would just say the name of the hotel because like she's not." She's been in America, like, and he's not a local, so it's not like he probably knows what hotel he's in. I'm just, you know, there was just a lot of things where I was just like, he's like, rune, uh, strange runes, and I'm like, that's not mysterious. Like, uh, I just, I did like that Holden's like whole personality was as a doctor, you're wrong. I just was delighted <laughs> by that. <laughs> Um, real quick, I actually found where Martin Scorsese put uh, Night of the Demon. He put it at 11. Oh, I'm sorry. What? 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 Okay, I'm looking this up too, because I am confused. I am bamboozled. Oh, okay, okay. So it wasn't... Hang on. So Martin Scorsese's scariest movies of all time. Um, oh, I gotta pay for the website. Wonderful. That's... I um, I wanted okay oh maybe I found something I don't know it's on Open Culture eleven films uh where did you say it was I it said eleven okay this is the top ten so apparently right after this he would have said Psycho huh. maybe oh no there it is Night of the Demon nineteen fifty seven apparently it's above Psycho and I don't actually I cannot tell uh. The life of me which way this list is going <laughs> he's got like the shining and the exorcist dead of night the entity the uninvited like all of these quality amazing horror films and then night of the demon why do you like it G- give me more details about why you enjoy okay this film. so one and i like talking about this kind of gives me goosebumps i adore the creature in this film um hmm. I the the and spoiler I'm getting into spoilers now because I cannot not talk about this scene the final uh, part where the demon at strikes again um whenever we see the demon actually attack oh my god the lighting in everything about that scene um the demon's eyes are lit up and he looks at the camera I yeah. love that scene that is. That is a beautiful scene that I adore. Those are the scenes that would make me want to pursue pursue my filmmaking 
uh, hopes and dreams because I love that. The, the feeling of this film is really good. Um, and I really like the camera placement in this film. Um, a lot of what I like comes from the camera and the lighting. And that stuff really, I, I, I love that. And I find the story interesting because this film is like one of only a few that actually dives into like black magic and you know, cults and stuff instead of the typical radiation or science experiment or anything. This is like, like there's no logical explanation really for this demon or creature. It is just there, and we have to learn to deal with it. And I really love how you have a character that denies it for the entire runtime of the film until the last five minutes, whenever he's like, I get it now. And then he... It, it, I, I like that development from a non-believer to, okay, this is real. Well, I I actually I actually don't agree with you that that's how Holden feels at the end of the film. I feel like he doesn't continue it because he doesn't want to be proven wrong. And, like, I sit here, like, with a scientific background, like, yeah, I would... In that situation, I would rather just not know. Because, like, it's like how I describe stuff in Apex, where I always ask people, like, when people ask me the tone of how people interact with the giant monsters in that series. I'm like, you do realize that if these things existed, everything we knew in science was wrong. Because physically, if Godzilla came out of the water, he would die a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible death because of gravity. But if a creature of that size did come out of the water and didn't succumb to the effects of gravity, then everything we know about the natural laws of physics is wrong, which already the scientific community would go crazy about. Mm-hmm. Then also in the series, um, they talk about, well, they talk about, I wrote the damn thing. But like, we go into a lot of the creatures that awaken were, are inspirations for pagan deities. So then you have to face like from a Christian view of the fact that like, okay, the Christianity has been telling all these pagan religions that they're not real and their gods are not real. But then it turns out they were real and their God was not the real thing. Um, so what would that do to the human psyche? And like, that's, that is something that I really applaud with this film. Like I, and I'm right there with you. This creature is phenomenal. The effects for it, like the ending scene was great. Honestly, I think my favorite scene is what I like to call the Will-O-Wisp scene of when Holden... Because Holden's an idiot. Because he's like, I'm going to go through the woods. Even though that's not mm-hmm. really the way I came through to break into your house to read a book. Right. cat that turned into a jaguar because it's a spell. It's, you know, it's a lot of stuff where I sit here being like, okay, just breathe. You know, there's a lot... I'm sure there was censorship because, like, at this time, like, Dark magic stuff is very taboo in England, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, they're probably whatever, da, da, da. But I love the fact when you actually see the creature's, like, will-o'-wisp fireball form and then the footsteps of it going through the woods, I just thought was phenomenal. And just, Mm -hmm. like, how it interacted with the environment is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, like... 
Are you familiar with like the spiritual revolution in England? Are you familiar with that bit of history? I am not, but we, I, if you want to educate me, by all means. Well, like, England got really weird. Weirder than usual. It's one of the reasons why we're so uptight now. Um, <laughs> the occult became a huge fa fascination. Like, this is Aleister Crowley and all sorts of stuff. Like, through World War II, everyone was going to, everyone was trying to get into, like, figure out a way to end the war in some way or another. Like, the occult energies and blah 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 are there and like like for for example like the medium sequence that was a whole thing back in the day like people used to have parties this is the same culture that was just now breaking away from mummy parties which if you're not if you don't know what a mummy party is um rich people used to buy mummy corpses from egyptian quote-unquote archaeologists and they would have a party which was them pretty much snorting the corpses because they would give get them high and let them live the ancient days of egypt all its sunday school white glamour but um it was just interesting and like there were scenes where i was like obviously they couldn't do some things because well not obviously maybe they knew they could, but they just didn't want to because I know, like, there was already enough fighting. But, like, a perfect example is, like, when Holden gets the rune paper and it tries to go into the fire. Uh, did you notice that Holden lights a candle? Yes. I feel like they missed an opportunity where the paper should have gone for the candle. Yeah, definitely. And I actually kind of funny mentioned that because I, I also, um, when I watched it today, um, I remember. I, I remember thinking, you know, that why didn't it go for that? And why is he just lighting a candle and not doing anything else? You know. Well, because Holden's just like, uh, like I said, I'm a doctor, and you're wrong. Um, you know, and the whole weather thing. I was just like, that's just British weather. That's not magic. <laughs> that's just how it is. You know. I right. mean, it might get windy. Not that windy, but that's 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 it, pretty much. I just, I just found this film very fascinating because there was a part of me that, again, like listeners at home, creature effects for this film, even though they are slight, are very top-notch for this era. Mm -hmm. But there's also a part of me that would rather it not be there. I really liked the psychological element of this, and I feel like the questioning of, is there, like, is there an actual demon, or is it like like a tulpa or like a self, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, kind of, like I, I really enjoyed that kind of interest. And honestly, I sit here being like, Elijah, if you like this kind of stuff, there's a really cool podcast, uh, audio story called the black tapes. Are you familiar with it? I'm not. Uh, I highly recommend it. Cause the, this movie felt like, the ancestor to what the black tapes is now because uh, the black tapes is about uh, a non-believer uh, trying to disprove this kind of shenanigans. It's got three seasons and it actually scared the living hell out of me because it like, I actually had to look up if it was real or not. I'll let you decide, uh, but it's very, it's very well done. It's a very well done show. Um, but like this, you know, I don't want you to, feel like I'm just bashing this film. I actually am really happy that despite killing Henry in the first 
film. This was actually like a really cool film to be testing on because I'm I'm actually like relieved to hear that you really enjoyed it. And I kept thinking the whole time, like, I am so curious how this movie would fare on my own show. Um, right. And I, and I was trying to like figure out like which people I want would want to have on. So like now I sit here being like, if I ever have do this movie, I would obviously have to have you on it because you're such a fan <laughs> of it. Um, Cause I always like to have, you know, the true believer uh, right. of why the film is good and then have everyone else be like, so let's talk. <laughs> let's talk <laughs> about this film and its accessibility. Um, yeah. but this was a really good pick. Like what a great way to start the Halloween season for sure. Um, I, cause I, I'm trying to, that's right. I caught it on a TCM showing. Um, and just like you, I re, you know that scene of the demon just kind of looking at the camera. That's iconic. Everybody mm. has seen that shot. Everybody has seen you know the feet in the ground. Um, but when I finally watched this film and saw it, I'm like, this is that film. It's the film that I remember on Godzilla and other movie monsters where they showed footage from it, and I always thought right. that looks so so cool. Um, so when I finally watched it, I don't know entirely why but i was in such awe and uh, honestly shocked by some of the shots and the story and everything i was blown away by this film um it does not feel as a cliched 50s b movie to me as most do um which i real quick i have to say it's kind of funny so um by the time this episode comes out uh last week or on Wednesday, Wednesday of this week, um, I will have been on the Kaiju Weekly podcast discussing another 50s um, horror sci-fi movie that had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's like, like I, and I didn't even realize Curse of the Demon had 100% until I researched it. So it's kind of funny that I'm doing them, this, that's this critically acclaimed film on a different podcast, and then the same week I'm doing Curse of the Demon, another apparently critically acclaimed film. So it's funny you bring up these Rotten Tomato 100% because um, I don't know if you know, but I actually did them, Ant Movie, uh, with the Monsters vs. Men podcast earlier this year in July. And... Um, Earlier than that, I did Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein, uh, with uh, Bored and Drunk, a very popular tri- Twitch stream uh, for board games. And it was ve- it's always very interesting when you see these 100% movies on Rotten Tomatoes, because I sit here being like, these critics have probably have not watched this film, and everybody's just giving it 100% because it's revolutionary for its time. Which is mm-hmm. fair. But I also think it's incredibly accurate to like this is the thing like i i teach well i used to teach cinema i used to teach mm-hmm. film my favorite movie of all time is 12 angry men if you're familiar with that with henry fonda mm-hmm. i am it's it is my all like for me that film is flawless i think it's one of the best films ever done i think it's some of the best acting ever done um it is honestly the Perfect movie, in my opinion. Um, and I'm sure that's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not going to look it up, because then if I'm wrong, then, you know, I, like Holden, this is why I think Holden 
didn't want to look back because if he looked back, then he's wrong and that everything he believes in is incorrect. But if I say it's got 100% around tomatoes without looking it up, if I look it up, then it's real and I have to deal with those repercussions. So like Holden, I'm going to ignore it. Um, but it's one of those things where and it's something that I try and tackle with my show is like, I can totally understand why you like this film. I could totally understand why horror buffs love this film. Um, this like as a old school horror film, like I wouldn't personally, I don't think this would do something I would quickly recommend. Um, not until I see the British, the original cut, the original mm-hmm. British cut. Cause I am, I am actually very curious because it sounds like a lot of my issues are with pacing and, uh, how the story flows, but if this is the American cut, which I know usually are always garbage, um, <laughs> don't know why the editing always gets so weird when it tra- transfers. But it's one of those things where I'm, I feel like people should look at these films like, like you know, Frankenstein and them were B movies on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, like, not that they're bad, but like over right. time, like. It's what I keep saying on the podcast is the worst thing about the monster movie genre is monster movies always more times than not suffer from a third act is awful. Right. Um, like that in between third act nonsense is never good. And that's what kind of happened in this film where it's like you start getting this very weird intrigue and then all of a sudden Holden's like, this is a guy that was in a comatose and now we're hypnotizing and he murdered someone because he's part of this cult. And I totally forgot that this is the dude from the beginning of the movie that they said, Oh, this was one of Coswell's cult members, but he murdered somebody. He's been accused of murder and they've locked him up because they say a demon did it. Totally forgot. That's who this person was. Cause the whole time I'm like, why are we doing this Wolfman remake scene? Like what? Mm-hmm. What is the point of this? And then when I realized, I actually had to look it up. Then I'm like, oh, this is the dude from that one-off line in the beginning of the film, um, right? And that's just like you know, it's one of those things where like it's the blessing and curse of being the host for my own show, where it's like now I have I look at movies and like I really enjoy them, but I also want to make sure that they're easy to follow because I don't mm-hmm. want to do homework for a movie, you know? Right. Um, right. I have more questions during if a movie is making me have more questions that are not like, Oh man, are demons real? Hail Satan. But like what, what's happening? Did I miss something? Did I actually miss a beat? I don't understand how we got from here to there. So kind of like with the cat, the cat, that was all Cosmo was weird, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You're not kidding. (laughs) Um, Like, I'm all for it, but odd. Like, even odd for odd. Odd recognizes odd. <laughs> yeah, he he was definitely the most intriguing character, I think, out of our list of characters. Um, and you mentioned that uh, you didn't like the pacing in this film. Well, yes. uh, this is about, I want to say it's 11 minutes shorter than the original version. Oh, I'm te- I'm I'm so terrifyingly curious what that means. So here's what this is telling me. So you did uh, this was uh, Curse of the Demon, 
So on your podcast, you should do Night of the Demon. Night of the Demon. There we go. Oh, man. (laughs) Next, Maybe next. No, next year I think we're doing the Twilight series for Halloween. We are doing our vampires, werewolves, ghouls, and zombies. Because, like, honestly, if I really wanted to, I could just do werewolves for a year, and nobody wants that. Well, maybe right. some people do. Well. There's there's so many films in this menagerie of of a genre. Um, so little, so many films, so little time. But like, yeah. I can understand why this is a classic. I really can, and I definitely think the end sequence of like what's even funnier is Holden give like I sit here being like Holden giving Coswell the paper as part of the ritual i me just how his character set up i feel like he does it because he doesn't believe in it but he's curious how coswell is going to react to it that's what i think is most fascinating is because holden i think does we don't know a hundred percent if he is a true believer because he's a psychologist and he's trying to understand how these people think so like for him to play the part not want to know the results i think is a very interesting experiment mm-hmm. um which is like you know i was ex- i was excited when i read your notes being like we could talk about the remake or if they can remake it and i think they like if they t- this could be a really compelling if written correctly be a really compelling like mini series or a very well done uh, theatrical remake. I I'd just be very curious if they would go with the creature effects or if they would go with the original concept of it just being a psychological thriller. Right. Um, that that's actually a great segue. So, um, first, do you think like should it be remade? And then, oh yeah, hundred and ten percent. Um. Like, I, I can't stand I'm not I'm not gonna go rush to watch this movie again, but I would go see the remake. Hmm. Now, do you and you said psychological thriller, so would you cut out the demon or creature, whichever you want well, to Well that's it? that's the thing. Like I would wonder if it would work best as like something like the Mothman prophecies, you know? Um or in that film, like Mothman's not a hundred percent real in that film like it's all you know richard gear trying to figure out what his, his wife really saw we don't get like a solid answer and which is why like i honestly think mothman is proof that there's some weird stuff in this world and maybe we shouldn't meddle with it but like because like i don't know there, there's a podcast where i really go into uh for tin biscuit talks um and i talked about my experience of seeing a ghost is why i believe in ghosts and is one of the reasons why i don't there are some things in the supernatural that i do not believe in but i do will also not deny that there are paranormal events that at this time cannot be explained by science or logic or thought um and sometimes you just gotta go with that uh don't mess with that voodoo so i like i I would want it depends. I guess it depends who's helming it and how they really would want to go with it. Like if they do a creature aspect of it, it has to be 
like I almost sit here being like, have the creature in it, but don't show it, like as they originally intended it to be, because um, I feel like that would be just fascinating. Like if it was a monster of the mind, like a tulpa. They like... had a tulpa. That would be <laughs> that'd be terrifying. Tulpas are that's that's some dark magic right there. <laughs> Tulpas, tulpas keep me up at night sometimes. That's just... <laughs> oh, I met some... Have you ever met someone who has a tulpa? I have not. They're not well. <laughs> <laughs> like, as funny as it sounds, it's... Whenever I meet people who... Because not a lot, but I have met a few in my lifetime who have tulpas and manifestations like that, man. They're, you know, they are what they are, but brain's a funny thing and if it makes something real it makes something real and that's always terrifying yeah um, that, and that's what i think i would want this movie to go is not just do like a demon but like make it a tulpa make it like you know you see it you believe it or you believe it so you see it kind of things i i i like that aspect of the film a lot and i would love to see it remade and like I even first off the bat thought a great Coswell would be Stephen Fry. I think. Mm -hmm. I think he'd play a great Coswell. Yeah. Um. Now, do you think so? This is uh, kind of a adding on to this. Should it be a British film, or do you think America should do it? Um. Out of you know, since we're talking about a potential remake, which one do you think would be better? If England did it. It had to be. It would have to be an indie film. If America did it, it'd have to get the right director. And I don't know. Like I almost feel like it's very cliche, but like have the Jordan Peele touch to it. Mm -hmm. Or um, who else is someone that I could think of? Well, no, I can't think of anyone besides Jordan Peele because the market's so saturated with his stuff. The person who's doing Candyman, she's directing that film, and that looks like it had a lot of promise. Well, you know, uh, hashtag 2020. <laughs> uh, so this popped into my head. What do you think about Tim Burton? See, I find if we could go back in time, yes. If we could go back in time till, but if we have to deal with post Sweeney Todd, Tim Burton, no. Because I don't want Helen Bonham Carter to play the pretty kindergarten teacher. I don't want Johnny Depp to be Holden. I don't <laughs> want, you know, this person and that person. Like, you know, at that point, I would rather have uh, Wes Anderson direct the film. You know, I have I have a whole thing. Um, I really respect, like, if Tim Burton did it like he did Sleepy Hollow, fine. Totally cool with it. But I have this arrogant viewpoint of when a director was well done for doing a style and they get into that Hollywood market, they get stuck in that style and it just makes pretty disasters. I can't stand Pacific Rim for many reasons. Love Pacific Rim Uprising. Because for me, Del Toro didn't know truly what he was doing. Um, that movie was advertised as a giant monster movie, but it's not a giant monster movie. It is a giant robot movie, which is why I think Uprising is so well done, because it's a giant robot movie. 
um, you know, Tim Burton has his style, but if you force Tim Burton to do his style over and over and over again, you don't get anything really new. You just get Johnny Depp in different shades of black. Um, you know, and don't get me started on James Cameron. Like that man should never have been able to touch a camera after Piranha 2 the spawning. But really? Is... He directed that was his first film. Piranha 2 the Spawning was James Cameron's first film. That movie is atrocious. Cannot stand. Like, and what's funnier still is I, I I respect aliens, but I prefer every other entry in the alien franchise, but aliens. Oh my god. I don't know if I can talk to you after this now. <laughs> well, that's just bad conversation and bad um, Rude. But like, no, but that's the thing. But, like, for me, that's because, like, Alien is Aliens is so different from the other entries, you know? Like, I love Alien Resurrection. And I'm all for Prometheus. And, like, I accept Alien Covenant. Makes me mad because Prometheus was supposed to be its own thing. But everybody wanted an alien prequel, so they got an alien prequel, and then you're even more upset because you got an alien prequel. Prequels explain stuff. So if you wanted it, you get it. You got it, and you're still upset, you missed the point. So it's just like, you know, it's just this whole thing where like a movie like this could be phenomenal, but I would hope they wouldn't I wouldn't hope they wouldn't fan service the fans, you know? Like, the creature works in this film 110%. If you're going to remake this film, but still make it this creature feature, because it's, like, I sat here being like, if I had to grade this on my show, I think creature concepts, like, it would be very weird grading, because I like the concept and I love the design and execution. While saying that, I think design and execution would get low, or concept would get low, because it's almost to the point where this mo- like it does it almost doesn't belong in this story, mm-hmm. uh, in my in my viewpoint. Like like I said, keep saying over and over again, I really like the psychological aspect of this film. Right. But I think I just get really upset with like, you know, Holden being like, I don't take anything from strangers because I'm this smart doctor, and I'm like, you you took the dude's business card. Like, you didn't know him. He was a stranger, and you took his business card. Like, you can't write characters with paradoxical lines. And that's what I just would hope. And, like, with that kind of concept, I would worry that if someone, like, who loves this film transferred it to modern era and does lines like that, the modern audience would be like, okay, dude just, like, literally went on a hissy fit about how he doesn't take things from strangers, yet he took dude, bro, cult leaders, business card. It's a stranger. Mm-hmm. So, like, not, none of this movie makes sense. So that's what I would be worried about, and it's, like, re-adaptation, I guess. Right. There, There's definitely some stuff that they would have to change. Um, now, you mentioned creature feature, and I think hmm. this is the big question. Is this a giant monster movie? So... I know you changed it on your notes for my sake, and I appreciate that. I even wrote notes about it during it, because I was going to surprise you, Elijah, and say, I would consider this a kaiju film. Really? I would consider this a kaiju film, but not a daikaiju film. 
Remember, kaiju means strange beast. Kaiju is literally just saying monster. It's it's the same thing. But like if you looked at if you looked at this film through a Japanese lens of the word kaiju, this would be like a, a borderline yokai film. Which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Would I call it a giant monster movie? No. I would call it a supernatural monster movie. I would like if this was Japanese. I would call it a supernatural kaiju film. I would never call it a giant monster film. I would never put this in the same DNA pool, same gene pool as Godzilla or Gamera or Colossal. Actually, might put that this might be a distant cousin to Colossal. Might <laughs> putting a pin on it to talk about on my own show. <laughs> it's one of those things where I think like this is a good, like I keep saying, good psychological thriller. Right. It has a very nice creature feature element. To humor you, I would, through a Japanese lens, I would call it a kaiju film because this is pretty much a yokai film. This is a supernatural paranormal entity. This is not a dai kaiju film. This is not a giant monster. This is, you know, it change. I think it changes size in bits. Mm-hmm. So like oh, it definitely you know, does definitely again it is a monster we don't we don't know if it's real we don't know if it's a monster of a mind like we see something but also at the same time we that whole sequence is being seen through the lens of Coswell and the lens of Henry mm-hmm. so it's one of those things of is the audience really seeing a demon appear in front of a train and kill a man in cold blood right then and there? Or are we seeing a man's reaction to getting hit by a train? We don't know. Like I said, it's there's a lot of really interesting storytelling with self-fulfilling prophecy. But to Long story short, to humor you, I would call this a kaiju film if we're doing the proper word, wording of the word kaiju for strange beast, which is just usually something like a yokai or a strange animal or a strange phenomenon that is non-human, which is what a demon is, and it works out great. Not a giant monster movie, not a diet kaiju film, I would say on that. What are your thoughts on the subject? You know, I'm speechless. I think... Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just going to say you're right. <laughs> I... 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 I, I <laughs> Um, welcome. This is why I'm always on podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, you're you're you hit it. You hit it right on the nose. Perfect. Um, yes. <laughs> Good um, job. Great. I I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, it's totally a yokai. Like, if if this right. was a Japanese movie, this would be a yokai. This is what they do haunt you around and they spook you and you do it yourself you know and like you know i always play devil's advocate uh satan not that bad of a dude he killed like what maybe one or two people in the bible meanwhile god killed millions and thousands uh you know out of hissy fits the devil is supposed to be temptation incarnate if you fall to temptation it's your fault for the consequences so, if you're a cult-following demonology clown man, wields both white and dark magic, um, 
you fully believe in the existence of this like fire demon uh and you misuse it then yeah you're gonna get what's coming with you like this is why you don't have guns in the house because you can get shot in the face and you never know it always will shoot you in the face in some way or form hmm. so it's just you know it's a very fascinating concept uh this film not right for me but like I said, I definitely know people I would recommend this film to, for sure. We'll definitely do. Oh, me, we'll definitely do Curse of the Demons. Curse of the Demons. Curse of the Demon. <laughs> what is this movie? Night? Is it Night? Night's the British one. Night, Night of the is Demon. The British one. Night yes. of the There's... Demon on my show. One of these seasons, or you know, Patreon. If anybody goes on the Patreon, subscribes at any level. And you want to do that movie, then I challenge you, go for it. But no. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um now before because you, you already said you recommend the film. Um before I say whether kind of. Asterisk. Kind of. Right. So what he's basically saying, listeners, is go watch it. But wine. <laughs> Don't do um, what I did. Do not make sure you have stuff to help. Do not focus on the lines as much as I did. <laughs> I uh, did not worry. Writing. Where the writing? Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> oh, um, man. Um, I'm going to, uh, before I uh, rec- say whether or not I recommend it, I am going to give this last little fun fact about where people, whether or not people actually like this film. Um. On Time Out, I guess that's a magazine, uh, mm-hmm. they conducted a poll uh, from several authors, directors, actors, and critics that worked in the horror genre. And Night of the Demon placed 52 on the top 100 list of horror films. Am I like... I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like <laughs> how I felt... This is how I felt after watching Brotherhood of the Wolf. Everybody got really upset with how that review went because we gave it a low grade. But everybody's like, Brotherhood of the Wolf is amazing. And I'm like, I must I watched the wrong cut. Right? That so that's that's gotta be my guess, is because this is referring to Night of the Demon. Maybe maybe you should uh fast listen, Henry, you should totally fast track. Night of the Demon. Well, I would, but I already <laughs> got all my Halloween specials done. At the time of the recording, we just released the episode for Thirst, uh, the 2009 Korean vampire film, which is great. Uh, uh, the second week of October, we've got Red Riding Hood uh, with a fantastic cast of guests. We're going to talk about that film for our werewolf special. Spoilers if you didn't know where that movie was going. Um, then we've got uh, Jennifer's Body, which is... Like Elijah, that's one of the best movies I've watched for my show. Like Jennifer's body is so good. What a fantastically written and it's funny, the woman who wrote Juno also wrote Jennifer's body. Really? Phenomenal. Uh and then uh after that we have uh Quantum, the Native American zombie film, which is very well done. And then the end of my Halloween season this year is doing The Monster Squad with none other than Andre Gower himself. Uh, Which 
made me have several heart palpitations because I had one <laughs> guest who had never seen it, and I always forget that she was she's very honest. I was like, way to go. Way to start <laughs> the conversation with the freaking actor from this film. Andre's great. He's such a nice man. I really am happy to have had the honor of having him on that episode, and it's going to be a great way to celebrate your spooky Halloweens at the end of this month. Listen, um, Monster Squad is amazing. It is, it is a great movie. It is a legitimately great movie. Yep, it is. But we had <laughs> questions, and I will definitely say Andre and I had some very good conversations that might have disappointed the actual super fans that were on that episode. I'm oh. scared. <laughs> it's good. No, it is one of our best episodes before we do our Godzilla Remembers episode where we watch Shin Godzilla. And that's going to make so many Godzilla fans upset. It's, I, I'm waiting for it. I mean, if you, if you go against the film and say it's not that good, I will be 100% backing that. Well, <laughs> let's just say I got a lot of people who aren't Godzilla fans for that movie. So there you go. Um, anyway, Night of the Demon. Night of the Demon. Hail Satan! That's what I'm just going to call this film. Just Hail Satan. <laughs> also, really, go, Elijah, go listen to Black Tapes. Like, if you really like this movie, go listen to that. That's, this, this, this is that. It's almost, like, I would want Black Tapes to be like, I would want Night of the, whatever this film is. I'm tired <laughs> of it now. But, I mean, it's great. I'm happy to be here. But this needs to be written and directed by the people who do Black Tapes, I think. That's how that's that's how I want to go about it. I'm gonna check it out on my Spotify after we record this. Yes, do it before you go to sleep. It definitely will not keep you up at all. Hey man, I like listen. If I if I watch any scary thing or listen to anything scary, it has to be at night. It cannot be during the day. See, I agree with you, but then as a person, like you'll appreciate this. I went to the Grand Canyon when I was living out of my Prius, and I went camping on the rim of the Grand Canyon, and it was awesome. And I 10 out of 10 recommend everybody to go to camp at the Grand Canyon because it's amazing. One night, full of stars. Well, one night when it was cloudy, I was listening to the last podcast on the left and their episode on Skinwalkers. When it finished, I was like, mm. what a great episode. And then outside my tent, a twig snapped, and then I was up for hours. Because I'm like, why did I listen to a Skinwalker episode? Literally in the place where all this stuff happens. Right, right. Good job, Henry. Like I said, I saw a ghost. I, I, It's not that I super believe in the supernatural paranormal, but I don't want to jinx it. Right, right. It's kind of funny because I had an experience similar. Uh, I was joking around uh, one night. I was on a call with some friends. Um, and I, I was like, you know what? It's three in the morning. Let's go outside. Um, and As where, you do. And where I was at, like, I, I walked to the tree line where it's just breeze. And it's in the middle of a field. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm out there. I've got a flashlight. I'm just like chilling on the phone talking to some people. And I hear something, and I turn, and something touches my hand. And um, I had my camera on, um, and according to the people I was on, uh, my phone, like, it, it, something grabbed it out of my hand. 
um and like they saw a white figure i swear on. to god if this is the if you're telling me the story about when you were switched I'm leaving uh no no but all i know is they saw a white slim figure in the camera and i was not i i was wearing all black so i could it wasn't me so uh um, oh you were switched no changeling you're done <laughs> Um, long story short, I grabbed my phone and I went back in and barricaded that door for that night. <laughs> yes, you would, because you didn't want the real you to come back. Changeling. That's what there. There's your there's your bit. I do votes for Michael uh, with his kaiju groupie name change. I'm just gonna call you a changeling, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be super fun. <laughs> real when was this? Like how how many years ago? Um this was like three months ago. So three months ago, Elijah, as we know him, was replaced by a changeling in the woods. So there you go. Done. We'll go with that. That's that. Mystery. Unsolved mysteries. Hire me. We'll solve every mystery. <laughs> Definitely. Go for it. Oh, speaking of unsolved mysteries and hiring you, if I remember, you were an extra in Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? No. I okay. performed in Rocky Horror Picture performed. Show in Korea. I was editing. I performed so in a shadows, uh, shadow cast in Korea. Huh. Um, my big breakout role. And it yeah. actually was also my coming out role as well when I was like, oh, I guess I like everybody. Just like That's Eddie. Neat. Neat. Cool stuff. Yeah. Um, it's actually Night of the Demon has a connection to Rocky Horror Picture Show. In the opening theme song, they actually have a line referencing this movie. Do they? Yes, they do. Hold on, because I know, I know that song. It's my favorite song. Like, uh, hold on, I'm I'm actually now gonna look it up because I know that that song like the back of my hand, and now I'm sitting here like, what lyric is it? Let me pull it up. I, oh, and Andrew said prunes gave him the runes, and passing them used lots of skill. Yep, that's it. Wow. Cool. Now I guess that means all I have to do now is see um, uh, Tarantula, and I will have seen almost all the movies on in that song. You haven't seen Tarantula yet? I have a very weird background in this genre, and that's why I'm an expert, Elijah. That is why <laughs> I'm your go-to monster guy, because... If I haven't seen it, I could still probably tell you about it because I've done so much research. And let me tell you, Tarantula, Giant Tarantula. It was made by the same people who did the Giant Gila Monster as well, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. Um, I think I it's the fertilizer remember. guy. Because <laughs> you know that story, right? It's the, the guy who directed Giant Gila Monster like was a bajillionaire because he owned a fertilizer company so he just got a camera and filmed a movie on his property in Texas and that's why it's like a giant heel monster and tarantula because like he had them on his property that was the I don't know I could be making this up from an animal plant special years ago or I know what I'm talking about just like Holden you know listeners you can either look it up <laughs> Half your illusions destroyed. <laughs> you know, I, know, I part of me wants to not believe you, but that was the fifties, right? and Ed Wood did movies, so 
I'm going to yeah. believe you. You know what? No, you believe me, and then all of a sudden you're going to find in your in a red book in your room uh, a little note with a bunch of runes, and then you're going to light a candle, and that's just going to go for it, and then the changeling menace will be destroyed. I, Henry the host, will have saved. Well, then we'd have Wait. to get your real body back. Does that that's... mean I'm the guy you're going to kill? Oh, no. The real <laughs> you is in the fairy world. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to replace a changeling. Ugh. So much. See, like I said, I'm a scientist. I love science. Super science guy. But, you know, my... Just in case I do enter these situations, I at least do know some things to do. Because there are some things in this world... Well, as my favorite line in Shakespeare, of all of Shakespeare's in Hamlet, and it's my philosophy through and through, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt in your merest philosophies. Huh. Elijah's like a changeling. Well, yeah, you've heard it, because it's the opening of King Kong versus Godzilla. That's, okay, good. I was like, I want to say it's King Kong versus, but I don't want to sound like that Godzilla oh, fan. Oh, I... It is. It is. I, I talked to when I was on my buddy Jason's episode for King Kong versus Godzilla on talking during movies. I told him this is where my love of Shakespeare started, which caused a lot of confusion when I studied Shakespeare in college. And I kept saying, oh, my God, it's the line from King Kong versus Godzilla. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, 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 no. Shakespeare totally got this line from that movie. Like. <laughs> I don't know who Horatio is, but obviously he didn't know about King Kong and Godzilla, which is why right? it's a great philosophy for a giant monster film. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, would you recommend this film to people? I would. I I most certainly. Everybody, would. all yes. of you, all the people you know. Yes, even though I think some and people mom. would be troubled by the title, I most certainly would. Okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> Go on then. Prove me wrong with my style. <laughs> okay. Um. So. Okay. I, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this without fanboying. Um, Fanboy away. I remember if you've listened to my Kong Skull Island, there's literally a part of five minutes of me hyperventilating about hollow Earth theory and that no <laughs> one can change my grade. Okay. So. so Looking at this film, when mm. I try to generalize the 50s B-movie, this mm. film stands out so much to me because um, the story the story elements and even the female character, they don't treat them like typical 50s B-movies, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. um, they, they generally like the female character is the smart one in this situation. Um, she's not thrown off to the side being a dumb blonde, or, as most 50 B-movies kind of made everyone out to be. She she actually has points, and she's the character everybody should be listening to. And I love that. And I, I honestly, that scene where the demon finally kills um, the character's name, it's, his name's escaping my head. Oswell. Yes, um... I cannot express how much that shot, like, oh, it's so good. It is such a good shot. 
um, I might make my Twitter banner that shot after this recording. I because I I I love that shot. It's so cool. I love the eyes, the eyes glowing in that shot. That makes the whole movie for me. Um, and the the scene where uh, our main character is running through the woods is pretty suspenseful. I think. Um, I I love the creature. I love how he's utilized. I know he's not in there a lot, and he wasn't supposed to be. But that's also what I like. He's He's an outlier. He doesn't belong there. But that's kind of what the movie's trying to say. Is that, That's actually a very good way to put it, is that he doesn't belong here, which is what... Um, it's interesting. Um, I'm just looking up facts on IMDb now, <laughs> because I'm just... Uh, you can keep talking. I'm just... Apparently, this is based off... Yes, it's um, a short story. Um, Secret of Which the was Runes? Adapted in, uh, casting that... the Runes. Casting uh, the and runes. apparently it was a radio play as well. <laughs> Something um, tells me they didn't have a giant monster demon creature in those. Also, uh, they actually made an episode on ITV, ITV Playhouse in 1979. <laughs> so, and then... there's been almost remakes, but Technically, not movie remakes. Wait, I think Sam Remy made it. Made a remake. Wait, there's a weird fun fact of Sam Remy Night of the Demon credit. Oh, uh, Drag Me to Hell is apparently a remake of this film. Really? Apparently, Drag Me to Hell is uh, an adaptation. Ah, uh, of cast. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. No. Uh, on Wikipedia, uh, for "Drag Me to Hell's," uh, the original story of "Drag Me to Hell" was written ten years before the film by Sam Remy and his brother Ivan. Uh, elements of the film's story are drawn from the British horror film *Night of the Demon*, uh, itself an adaptation huh. of the short story of *Casting the Runes*, such as similar-shaped demons and a three-day curse theme in the film. The most significant parallel is both stories involve the passing of a cursed object which has to be passed to someone or its possessor will be devoured by one or more demons. Unlike his past horror films, Remy wanted the film to be rated PG-13 and not be strictly gore. So now I kind of want to see Drag Me to Hell. I, I need to see Drag Me to Hell. But, okay. Interesting. I'm going to rent that movie. You do you. <laughs> um, I'm needing some horror movies to watch, so that's a perfect one. Oh, I like the French version title of this film, which translates to English as A Date with Fear. Um, um, now, since I think we're starting to... I mean, we have been talking now for almost an hour and a half. Um, where, Based off of what you've seen, where would you place this in your British horror movies? Hmm... England has made some really well done horror films. Um, just taking a quick cheat sheet, uh, like there are some movies. Um, I wouldn't run to the hills and tell people, "Oh, go watch this film." I think I would. I think I would uh, recommend some other films before, uh, and just Grabbers is the only one apparently I'm having on my head. 
which is an Irish okay. movie, so not not British. Alrighty, fair is fair. Um, what about you? I I'm trying to think. Um, I, I I honestly think I would put this in my top five. Um, I don't. I can't think of all I've seen off the top of my head. Um, but I, I, as much as I love this film, I think it would easily make it to the top of the list. Um, yeah, yeah, I got a weird thing about this movie. <laughs> no, hey, don't say it's weird. This is your film, man. Like, it's good to have a passion for it. Like, yeah. I'm glad somebody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> to sound awful but like that's the thing i mean you know i sit in my high castle of film critiques and still say that one of the best movies ever made is the super mario brothers movie that's a good movie it's yeah. fun you just need to not think that super mario brothers is a franchise that that that's never existed until right. that film it's just Most... it, you know dragon ball's Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Evolution would be a good movie if the Dragon Ball franchise didn't exist. X. I can get down with that. <laughs> yeah. So good for you for enjoying this film. Like, and that's why film is art. Because if everybody has the same opinion about it, it wouldn't be art. It would just be a thing. But if right. we all have different opinions, it's an art form. And you and I exactly. have constructing different opinions but i can like i wrote in my notes i can totally see why people would want to give it 100 percent all the love it gets because it rocks your boat for sure mm -hmm. i'm just gonna have to see the original version before i start saying any kind of boat rocking right um so yeah i i really like that uh quote you said about art um I think that liberal arts school. <laughs> um, I, I think that is. I'm just gonna do a little, uh, whatever speech monologue thing here. But that's what the podcast I think should be all about. Not everybody's going to like the same thing. Not everybody's going to hate the same thing. And I, I that's what I love is we can have these discussions about a film that you might like or hate or thinks okay. But in the end, we all have our respective opinions, and we can pick whichever side we want, and we can still talk about these films and enjoy talking. Mm -hmm. So, even though you're a changeling, it's fine, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, I think we're going to start wrapping things up. Do you have any closing statements about the film or anything? Go watch it if you're interested. It, like, you know, it is in the Rocky Horror opening song, so obviously it's important in some form. Uh, actually, there you go. There's a British horror film I'd recommend over this Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, and that's just because I love it so much. Uh, you know, all I have to say, it's been a sheer pleasure, Elijah, to be on your show. And I'm really happy that this is the film you picked, even though you killed Henry off in the first 10 minutes. But, like, it was super fun. Like, I had a good time discussing this film with you, bud. Yeah, um, I'm very happy to have you on. Um, one thing that I, I want to say uh, publicly is I really love how 
we we went into an interesting place when we discussed this film. Um, hmm. We didn't just simply discuss the film. You mentioned a lot of interesting stuff about stuff that relates to the film, but not directly to it. Um, so I really think that this is going to be informative to people that are interested about some of the stuff that this film has in it and not necessarily just the film itself. Sure. Um, so thank you very much for being the awesome person you are and bringing something very interesting to the table. I try my best. Um, so I, I love it. I think it's a good movie. Um, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts about Night of the Demon. Um, actually, one last little fun fact. The reason they retitled it was they didn't want to get it confused with another film um, night of the and it started with an L. It wasn't Lepus. Oh, um, I'm so mad. It needs to be Night of the Lepus. Nope. Fact. <laughs> We're gonna hold in it. <laughs> Change the name because of Night of the Lepus. Don't add us. Just take it for its word because you would rather it be because it was competing against Night of the Lepus <laughs> and whatever else it was supposed to be. Yeah. Because also that's more um, fun. Can I tell you? The Rotten Tomato score of 12 Angry Men. Sure. It's 100. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> it's I, an amazing as, movie. As soon as you mention it, I'm like, I gotta go see. And when I saw it was, see? it was at 100, I'm like, there we go. See? You had to see it because you needed to know that there was a demon at the end of that train. But me, yes. I didn't want to know because I don't want my world to be shattered. I just know it's a good movie and that there is no <laughs> demon or there could be a demon, but I'll never know. I'm just going to try and get back to my home country. So, Wait, I just realized this is a perfect Schrodinger's cat uh, explanation. Yep. Do you know Schrodinger's cat? Yep. Actually that, there you go. Listeners <laughs> curse of the demon Schrodinger's cat, the movie. I, there you go. I love Schrodinger's cat because nobody knows it. But it's like my favorite thing to explain. My favorite thing to explain is the friendship paradox. That's always fun. Huh. It's a social paradox. It pretty it pretty much is the paradox that I have more friends than you, but you have more friends than me. It's worth the Google. Because it's a I very th- fun social paradox. I think I'm gonna Google that. Um after we do our uh closing plugs. So Henry. For being on, please take as much time as you want and plug yourself anything you want. All right, guys. So as we all know, I am famous for my shameless plugging, and I have been given full promises to do it so correctly. So, yep, uh, you can follow us on ICFAM Podcast. That's I-C-F-A-M-M Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. At the time of recording, I am on break. Uh, from social media because I need to breathe her before I go back into trying to do all the posting that I need to do. But I will be available again very soon and we are still recording episodes and we are still producing episodes and it's all fun. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook at that uh, at that title. Um, you can also follow us on all major podcasting applications such as iTunes, Spotify. Please feel free to give us an Apple podcast rating because some people just can't get over the fact uh, I called them out. Uh, so, you know, if you want to help the show out, uh, leave a 
five-star review and give us a written review instead of just leaving a one-star and not explaining why. Because I want to be the best podcast that it could be, and I'm always down for constructive criticism. Um, I also would highly recommend supporting us on Patreon, uh, which is It Came From a Monster Movie Patreon or Fan Podcast Patreon. Uh, there are links in our link tree on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and for the year of 2020 and the foreseeable future, if you subscribe at $1, $3, $5, $10, uh, any of those levels, you get your very own It Came From a Monster Movie episode where you pick the movie, you pick the guests, and I host it for you. And we have a good time, and you're the person who gets to put the final grade on the movie. Uh, much against my own jargon. Uh, which is fun. And then also you can support the podcast and all the fantastic people and artists who work with me on this show, on that show, not this show. This is Elijah's Very Well Done Kaiju Conversation Show. Uh, not my show. My show's a cancer <laughs> monster movie. But if you go to our T Public page, uh, I'm a T Public curator. Um, all the money, uh, if you buy merchandise from our curator page, not only are you helping the podcast, but you're helping all the individual artists that are out there. Um, we have some great designs for the podcast itself. There are also just tons of designs that help a lot of other creators, um, which is super great in this crazy time where the arts is dead. So I think that's... Oh, and look out for Apex, my original audio drama, which will be featuring some great talents. Um, I could definitely hint that Sammy Amounts is in talks. Um, to be the narrator of the story, but it will follow the adventures of Rick and several other people around the world as they slowly adapt to a sudden environmental change of gigantic proportions as large creatures known as apex organisms start appearing all over the globe and tackles the giant monster genre in a way that has never been tackled before. Um, it'll at the moment, there are about 95 different giant monsters set for the series. Um, and it is rising because I've decided to do a major rehash of a series that I have been working on since I was in the ninth grade of high school. And I am now 29, so it's over two decades and it's about time. And Ron Howard almost made it a movie. So, you know, it's good. Oh, so, yeah, I think that's it. Wow. Wow. That's it. Um... I'm going to sound like a boring person. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Elijah's a changeling. He's more interesting than me. I'm a person. <laughs> He's a changeling. He's not supposed to be here, but fairies kidnapped his real form, and now his real form's just getting drunk in the fae world. <laughs> uh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> no, because you're the changeling. You, you Don't play coy with me, Elijah. I know what you're doing. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I'm gonna be a, a less gonna than be exciting you. person. Nope. Yeah, I'm you are you, me. and you have your own experiences that are equally, if not more, exciting. So, uh, I mean, I guess they're exciting. <laughs> um, so, I Elijah are uh, uh, am on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, on oh, and YouTube. I forget. Um, no, oh, I'm also on YouTube as well. Please check him out. Uh, real quick, please check Henry out. Henry is one of the most interesting and amazing people I've talked to on this podcast. So please check him out. I appreciate it. A humble um, brag yourself. You're an interesting <laughs> person. I mean, I, as my Twitter says, sometimes I do a, or I do a lot. Sometimes 
times too much. Um, today I filmed with a person in a monkey costume for an oh, upcoming thing. That's why you said your costume was like. Yes, uh, Amazon. Okay, Amazon was supposed to deliver my monkey costume yesterday, but they now, delayed it. Is it a monkey it or an today. ape? It's a gorilla. Okay, so it's an ape. I just like saying monkey because it's more ridiculous. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm on uh, all the major platforms on Twitter. I'm either at ET13 Productions, all one word, capital ET13P, and lowercase R O D U C T I O N S, um, or my personal account at E Thomas1975. I don't use that a lot. I'm mostly on either Kaiju Conversation or ET13 Productions, but people got tired of me talking about U2, so I just made my own account. Um, Very nice. So I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I'm at ET13 Productions. I do figure photography. Figure photography, if I can speak. Um, I haven't posted in a bit, but I plan on doing that very soon. And I'm on Facebook, but I don't do anything but ask questions on my Facebook. So I wouldn't bother checking that out. <laughs> um, and then on YouTube, ET13 Productions, I do some random stuff. Uh, on there sometimes some news some short films occasionally all that good stuff um but for the podcast don't forget to rate us on itunes that boosts our ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you if you don't happen to have an if you don't have an apple device i don't blame you because i don't i think apple's kind of annoying you can tweet us and follow us on twitter at k-a-i-j-u underscore c-o-n-v-e-r-s if you don't have either of those because twitter can be quite an interesting place you can like us on facebook or message us through instagram that way um or if you're like me before i started podcasting and you don't have social media you can always email us at kaijuconversation at gmail.com all lowercase all one word you know the drill and as always we will read your reviews on air for everyone to hear I highly recommend constructive criticism. I love listening to how I can better the podcast in any way, shape, or form. We also have merchandise on Teespring, and eventually we'll have some exclusive art by our own artist. Her name's Evelyn. She's a great person. She does some great art. I hired her for my own personal projects. Um, so definitely, whenever she gets her stuff set up, please check her out. Uh, if you'd like to chat with me more one-on-one -on -one and hear different opinions on different subjects, you can join our Discord server. I'm currently taking a break from it. However, when I come back, whenever that is, I will be available. Best way to contact me is through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Tw uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, just those three. Those three. Um, but yeah, we've got 600 people. You want to chat about anything within reason, of course, go for it. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you can be notified when we upload. Sometimes we do some random stuff. Um, it's just we have a lot of fun. Um, thank you, Rex, for editing our episodes. Um, his links can be found in the description below. And so will Henry's. Um, so after this, Henry will send me all of his links, and I will make sure they are in the description for you to click on and check out because 
you need to and you need to support our amazing artists that are not Matt Frank, even though Matt Frank's good. We need to support our other artists that deserve the praise that they all deserve. Um, also, actually, uh, here's a person that you can go support. Go support uh, Kaiju Hime's uh, Kickstarter, uh, Girls Who Love Monsters. It's already at 25% at the time of the recording, and it is a super cool a uh, magazine that Destiny is creating, which will feature a bunch of uh, different voices uh, in the Godzilla community, in the giant monster community, and it'll be super rad. And uh, that definitely deserves the support it needs. So Definitely. Yeah, and that'll be in the link uh, in our description below for you to check out. So thank you, Henry, so much for being on my first po- episode back. I loved it. I enjoyed it so much. You're a great person to talk to. And I do my I, best. I appreciate all you've all you've done this evening. No worries. It was a pleasure, Elisha. So thank you. Just wait till you have me on a movie that I did like. <laughs> right? <laughs> I I need to start planning that. <laughs> Put me on um, a dinosaur movie. It will be fun. I'll definitely tell you everything about that's how it's wrong. Duly noted. I've actually I've got a um I know a teacher that uh, does biology, and I'm thinking about seeing if he could be on to discuss, like, um, some sort of animal movie. Um, Do it! Always good would... to have scientists. Yeah, I, and I love hearing all this fun stuff. I, I find all of this fun, like, scientifically speaking, Godzilla does not exist. That's cool. Yes. I find that really cool. Um, yes. I love that. Um, so thank you, listeners. Uh, thank you, Henry. Thank you to everybody that supports me and my crazy idea for doing stuff about tokusatsu and kaiju and monsters in general. Um, I'm, I think that this is more than a hobby, but I think it's a great thing to be obsessed with. <laughs> um, and I think I talk for a lot of people when I say that, but that, that's a bonus episode for another day. So thank you so much, and please remember, life's too short to not talk big. Bye, guys. Have a good week.